everybody. We're really happy to be joined again by Nicola Blatchley-Lewis. Um, Nikki um, kindly spoke to us um, about Ofsted before and her role as an Ofsted inspector. And uh, today we're going to be talking about the early years teacher status and what that means, what it's, what it's all about. Um, so Nick, would you mind telling us what's your role in that programme? Yeah, of course. Um, so uh, I'm based in a teaching school um, and there'll be lots of those around in Gloucestershire. And a teaching school, a bit like a teaching hospital in a way, is where you can learn the job kind of, you know, actually in a school um, so or a setting. Um, so for the early year teacher status, uh, we have lots and lots of um, trainees who are based in um, small pack away settings they could be part of a big chain of nurseries or a small group of nurseries and but also we have some practitioners in school who are um on the program so so the program so this is this is a qualification that practitioners can sort of sign up to do and and then they they gain this this early year teacher status on completion of this course they, right they, so, you know, anybody who is interested can go onto the DfE website uh, where it says something like get into teaching um, and there's a specific link for early years teacher status. Um, and I think there's a few advantages for practitioners. Um, so they have to be a graduate in the first instance, so they have to have a first degree. Um, but the difference I think for this one is one to remember that it doesn't come with QTS. Yeah. Um, but it is meeting the sets of early years teaching standards. And actually, if you look at those teaching standards against the QTS ones, they're almost identical. They're very much a cut and paste. So QTS being? Qualified teacher status. Qualified teacher. So this qualification enables you to hold the role of early years teacher, um, but you cannot use that qualification to teach in school. Have I got that right? Well, now this is a very grey area actually, okay. interesting point. So um, you could be employed uh, in a nursery, obviously to be the lead teacher, um, but you also um, could be employed in an independent school or an academy. And obviously there are lots of schools yeah. who are going to academies. Um, and although I think historically maintained schools, local authority schools haven't employed um, early years specialist without qualified teacher status. I think that's changing because I think some of the uh, elements in the statutory guidance is a little bit ambiguous. And I think schools are looking for somebody who is an expert in early years um, and are prepared to kind of, you know, take on um, early years teachers uh, and maybe they might come under the kind of um, leadership of the EYFS lead in the school, for example. And that's, and that's this actually promising isn't it it's really good isn't it and that's what we're saying this is recognizing what this qualification does is recognize and unpick and research all about sort of that early years teacher and the importance of those foundation years isn't it and it really looks into sort of you know what we need to be doing and what we need to be doing how how we improve our practice uh -huh. and so actually there's some there are some really good benefits aren't there by doing this course what would you say if, if somebody was thinking of enrolling what what would be one of the main benefits do you think Nikki well I think I think really this is a legacy of what came out of some of the epi research yeah uh, so lots of you will have come across that um, EPI project. So, you know, the kind of um, the research base of that was around how highly skilled, highly qualified staff um, improve outcomes for children. Um, so the real rationale 
for this program is really about upskilling that workforce and really developing some strong leaders who are experts in their field, who can lead practice. So although we've just talked about maybe that progression route going into school, actually it's just as important we keep that expertise in those early year settings. Because as you rightly say, that, that, that you know, early foundation, whether it's naught to threes or three to fives, is so incredibly important. Mm. You know, it, it's not called the foundation stage. Yeah. You know, really, it literally is laying those foundations, isn't it? And I, yeah. I think I think yeah. that professionalism of our industry as well is absolutely crucial. Whether whether you're gaining those qualifications or whether you're just starting, it's it's almost you must almost view yourself always as a professional in early years and understand why you do what you do. And and these courses really unpick why you do what you do and how as a as a professional you are improving practice, don't they? Absolutely. I, I can talk from kind of recent experience. I've just got my current cohort doing their kind of final presentations. And one of the things they have to talk about is their professional journey. Um, and some of them have said, you know, when I started looking at the standards, I thought, well, I do all of these things anyway. And absolutely they do. And that's that's why this is an employment based qualification, because it is about validating what you do. But it's also about coming to those standards with with a new set of eyes so you can really start to be highly reflective and think well actually yes I do do that how am I doing that from the point of view of leading practice and bringing my team with me um, how is everybody on board about I don't know let's say about um, thinking about high quality interactions or how we make effective use of assessments um, and various other things like that. Oh, I was just going to say, you've mentioned standards. So are these standards set out by the, on the course? Are, the, are they the standards that, or are these standards sort of for the workforce? I think, again, historically, they came from some national professional standards that were probably drawn up many years ago, um, you know, when, before it was the EYP qualification. Oh, yes. Yeah. People remember it as the earliest professional. Um, and it was based about on national professional standards. So yeah, there are eight teaching standards. As I mentioned, they're very similar to the ones for primary, secondary, because what we know is that, you know, good quality teaching and learning, it might look different, um, but quality first teaching, you know, is easily recognizable, isn't it? And, you know, the kinds of criteria um, and the elements of that are gonna look very similar across the age range. Um, so those eight standards really look at everything from um, your environment to how you kind of, you know, safeguard children to, you know, how you use productively assessments. And we're not just going through that process, but it is about moving learning forward. Also, how how you adapt your teaching for the needs of, of all children, whether that is about individual needs or whether they have uh, English as an additional language or all sorts of factors, but also just thinking about those general factors that could inhibit you learning as well. And, you know, we talked about um, some of those vulnerable children that, you know, particularly at the moment might be missing out on, on those real opportunities um, and the difference that you can make in your setting, really. Yeah, it sounds really interesting. And obviously, with this, the course, you're talking about, you know, work-based learning, but there, there will be aspects of this course that are 
I, at the moment, they won't be face to face, they'll be virtual. But how does that work in a practical sense for people that are in employment? So, if, you know, in terms of getting cover mm -hmm. for them in their settings and things. So again, because the rationale for this is about um, improving outcomes for children, so it sits really well with that um, social mobility action plan because again, it's about upskilling that workforce to provide opportunities for those children because we know we can really start to change outcomes for children. Um, so currently, and it is still funded um, by the government, so the tuition fees are paid and there is a £7,000 bursary that goes to the school or setting, which then enables um, the practitioner to be released to attend the training if it's face-to-face -face or um, there are a number of different methods of delivery. It could be an online version. So it's something like really it's a, it's a bit of a win-win, isn't it? That if somebody wants to do it, you know, and they're really eager to do this, actually nobody's going to be out of pocket and, and actually they're, they're going to be able to sort of fund quite a good project or fund wages for that person you know to be released you know and actually for somebody else to come in so and then at the end of it you've got somebody in your practice who has really really looked at what is needed to improve outcomes to children and bring their team along with it so and I think that's the key point isn't it they need to bring their team along with it you need to learn yeah. about that management and that leadership to make the difference leadership. it's about leading practice absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. which, which yeah, so, is so, so, if, so for any, anybody then that, that is suddenly sparking an interest your advice was to go where did you say nikki the dfe website yeah so you can go to the dfe website so obviously um the local authority might have links to that as well they might be able to tell you where it's happening locally um but failing that there is some national information on the dfe website where it says get into teaching um and i think we're going to put a hyperlink um probably uh, when you post this yeah. yeah yes Links. We'll put all we'll put all the information. I mean, for us locally, it, it we could, Gloucestershire Gloucester University do Gloucester University do do yeah. it. So yeah, and and there's still those sort of you know the seven thousand and everything is there as well. So um, there's sort of links there as well. But we'll put everything on so we know because it's a really good way to go forward. And and if you're just starting your journey as well in education, you know, sort of and in early years, don't think oh that's something that that I can't sort of attain to because actually we you know this is a journey we are all on on sort of lifelong learning journeys for us and for the children aren't we and that's what we want to want to get across really that it's just starting small you know that's why we we do courses on we do online courses you know we do training we do these podcasts so that we can all start our reflective journey somewhere and start to understand that it's so important to know why we think why like we do and why we practice like we do as well so yeah and also it can, it can be a little bit daunting i mean somebody that did their undergraduate degree and then oh gosh 15 years later whatever went and did a postgrad going back to university terrified me but the difference was i was doing i was doing a postgrad in cleft palate studies which is my specialism so i was learning about something i was doing every day yeah. and that made the learning experience so much richer i absolutely loved it so for anybody that's feeling like oh i can't go back into education it's been such a long time having been there personally when you when you are learning academically about something that you do every day it's a very different experience and it's a yeah, much richer experience so yeah, I, I can definitely speak from experience there yeah and putting it into practice and making those differences and bringing everybody along on your journey and sort of inspiring everybody is fantastic but remember we're all on this journey somewhere so we've just got to start somewhere haven't we so oh Absolutely. lovely to speak to you ladies thank, thank you very you. much thanks, thanks so Vicky. much Bye. talk to you soon
Bye. Bye.